everybody. We are here at our 88th Q&A. We just thank God for today. Thank God for the morning service. Thank God for all the pastors. We'll be having unprecedented rains in Hyderabad. We're trusting all the pastors reached home safely before the skies opened. And so we are here. We've got questions, a lot of them eschatological, theological questions, some life questions. Of course, we will deal with life questions, priority. Then we'll go into theological and eschatological questions. But this evening, before we go into the Q&A, let's ask the Lord for wisdom, discernment, wisdom for us, discernment for everybody, that we receive the answers from God. For he alone has the words of life. Amen. His counsel is never wrong. Mm. He never gives us advice that is contrary to his word or his spirit. So, Father, this evening we just come to you. We surrender ourselves, Lord. We pray, Father. When we speak, I pray, you will speak through us. Give us the wisdom, Lord, to answer these questions, Lord. And above all, Father, touch your children who are hearing. Let them have an answer. The question may be completely different, but the answer may touch their spirit. For God speaks. He's a living God that we serve. And I pray, Lord, even through this Q&A, we'll reach out and meet your children at their point of need. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <coughs> Start, Pastor. Yes, Pastor Vijay. This Let's is question begin. number nine, Pastor. <clears throat> question number nine. Okay. It says, uh, Moses needed to learn the truth of Zechariah chapter four, verse six, verse six, which says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. How do we apply on a daily basis in our walk with God? Not just Moses, technically speaking, all of us. Can we have question number nine on the screen? Question number nine. Yeah. We, because, uh, let the world see it, the question. All of us need, I mean, it, it's a learning process, but the earlier we learn, the better off we are. How do we apply on a daily basis in our walk with God? Not by might, not by power, but my spirit says the Lord. Okay, when it's, when, um, when it talks about, uh, the spirit of God, Okay, practically, let's uh, let's look at it. Uh, faith comes from hearing. That's Romans ten seven. It's not showing on the screen. Okay, faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word, word of God. God. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of God. Okay, now we have heard. Now we have heard, and then Romans five two is that by faith we access the, the grace. grace of God. That's where the spirit. So both places the spirit is involved. Mm. Okay, both the hearing part and the power part. And of course, the word is there. That's mm. on the basis of which the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit won't work where we avoid the word, neglect the word, or don't listen to the word. So the word is the foundation. The hearing comes from the Spirit of God. The power to, to do what the Spirit says also comes from the Spirit of God. Mm. Both come. That yes. is grace. That's why we saw in, uh, uh, if, if you are able, if you were to put, um, Zachariah 4, 6 and 7. Okay, 6 and 7. 4, 6 and 7. 7, okay. This mountain. <coughs> Who is this mountain? 
okay <clears throat> and uh, we'll be able to see the how it how it works okay so he answered and said to me this is the word of the lord to zerubbabel who is a, who is a picture of any priest okay mm. high priest in the kingdom of god in the new covenant we are priests not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the lord of hosts so when we have to do something there are this see we don't need so much help with things which we can do mm. Okay, but in life, always we will run into stuff on everyday basis. We'll run into issues which we are not able to do. And that's what seven calls it a mountain. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring. Okay, it's before Zerubbabel, a man. Okay, it shall become a plain. But how does it happen? He shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Mm. It's grace that does it. Now, grace is the outworking of the power, power of, God. of God. Yes. Okay. Outworking of the power of God. So when it comes to hearing and when it comes to doing, in doing also now I have heard, but even when it comes to doing, we need the power of God. Now, the thing is that when it comes to hearing, there are two parts of hearing. One are the things we have heard. Mm. Heard, okay, that is what is written. Yes. Okay. Now I don't need to go and ask God, should I kill? Mm. Because <laughs> it is written, Thou shalt not kill. Should I steal? Thou shalt not steal. Shall I lie? Thou shalt not give. If bear false witness against you. So there are things that are already been said. And then if you go and ask God, what do you say about it? You will not receive an answer. These are things that has been said. Okay, said. Let us, and then there are things that have to be said. So this hearing has two parts. The simple example we always use is like, Abraham has been told, leave your father, leave your household, leave your country, go to the land. He left. But after that, he doesn't hear. Why doesn't he hear? Because he hasn't actually obeyed. Mm -hmm. He hasn't obeyed. Okay. So if you were to ask Lord, what next? God is not going to answer him in the same way towards the end of his life in Genesis 22. Take your son, only son, and offer him as a sacrifice. Take this journey. I will show you the mountain. But he doesn't leave from his house and he sits there and says, which mountain? Mm. Which mountain? Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's already been said. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So hearing is also progressive to obedience. Mm -hmm. Where there is no obedience, there There's is no, no hearing. hearing. Yes. A lot of people, when they say, God doesn't speak to me, it basically means they don't obey what he has already said. Okay. Basically, it means, mm -hmm. okay, when they say, God doesn't speak to me, the answer, actual answer lies with them. I haven't obeyed the things which I have Obey heard, which I know. What I need to do, I don't. I don't wow. hear. Okay, so there are things that we have heard and things we need to hear. Hmm. And when the things which you have to do, which we have heard, what happens is, often what happens is, when we try to do it, we fail. We fail. Hmm. Okay, we fail. When we fail, it is called sin. Yes. So Hebrews 4, 16 comes in. So God, okay, like uh, uh, 1 John 2, 1, and Hebrews 4.16. These two go together. Amen. Let us now therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is because we failed. Failed, yes. And find grace to help in the time of need. God says, you know what? Why do you fail? You heard. But you know why you failed? Because you try to do it in your own strength. The things of God cannot be done in the strength of flesh. Hmm. So he said, I first receive mercy and then find grace. 
Now, in 1 John 2, 1, this is what the Bible says. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. This goes together. Mm. Why is that? Uh, I mean, if you actually go to a courtroom, in a real courtroom, you will realize that. When you have your advocate with you, you have boldness. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. You know where to go. Mm. You know he speaks for you. Mm. Otherwise, you will be lost in the courtroom. <laughs> you don't even find your courtroom. You know, once I went to the court, okay, and there are so many rooms, so many courtrooms, so many, <laughs> and you'll get lost over there. <laughs> and every outside, there are cops standing and all. But how did I enter into the right into the courtroom? Who came with me? My lawyer, lawyer came with yes. me. You know what the lawyer said? I'll speak. I'll speak. You don't have to speak. Okay? I'll speak. That's what the Bible is talking about. Okay? We speak to Jesus. Jesus speaks, speaks for on us. our us. Yes. Okay? We go to the Father in the name of Jesus. Okay? He speaks for us. Okay? That's what the Bible is talking about. When you fail, remember, don't feel condemned, don't feel depressed, dejected. You have somebody who speaks for you. Do it. Go quickly to him, confess, he cleanses you, that's because you receive mercy, and then ask for grace. Mm. That is the key. Even to Zerubbabel, the mountain will become a plain, plain. and not an ordinary mountain, verse 6 says, a great, great mountain. mountain. Doesn't matter what it is, what a great mountain before Zerubbabel shall become plain, and it shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Our issue with grace, let me tell you, our issue is we have got so much used to definitions of grace given by godly men. God's riches at Christ's expense. See, when we start taking those definitions that what grace means, sometimes, you know, we miss the full hmm. uh, depth of it. What is grace? Let me tell you simply. Grace is the power of God. Yeah. The absolute power of the Holy Spirit is grace. What does it mean that grace saved us? What saved me? What saved the power me? of God saved It is the power, power of, of God. God. Jesus offered himself to the Father through the Holy Spirit. Mm. And he became death on my behalf. Mm. The same spirit, the Bible says, raised him from the dead, dead and raised him to the highest place and seated him on the right side of the Father. And that same power dwells in me. That's grace. That's grace. No, otherwise we'll become very sentimental about grace and sing about grace without realizing grace is the real power of God. Mm. It's a power that saves, it's a power that keeps. Everything God has done in the Bible, if you look at it, he does it through his son, the word, and through his spirit. Mm. The psalmist is very clear about it. Mm. It is through the spirit. Genesis 1 itself is clear. So what is grace? How can this plane go? The plane will be flattened by the spirit of God. Now you put 6 and 7 together. It makes sense. You put six and seven together if you can put it in one frame. Is it possible? Okay. Put it together. Then it makes sense. Now let's look at this. Both spoken to Zerubbabel. Not by might. Okay? Not by your might. What is your might? Your intelligence, yes. your wisdom, your understanding, all that you have learned in the corporate world, academic world, in the world, all streets, man. It's not that. Power, your influence, your money, mm. your numbers are as be with you, all that. It is not by your might or power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. 
Now, who has he brought over there? He has brought his Holy Spirit. What corresponds with the Holy Spirit in verse 6, in verse 7? Grace. 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 Absolutely. It is grace. And this is what we miss. Because otherwise, grace is just a theology. Mm. And that theology doesn't save me. Grace has to be practical. I can sit and read about electricity as much as I want. But if that power doesn't come, nothing burns in my house. Right now, my wife is sitting in darkness because there's no power. And inverter also is not working. Right? Hmm. You got everything, but there is no power. Hmm. So what is the inverter and the wiring? It's just a theology. <laughs> it's just a theology. What is the Spirit of God? What is grace? Great is the outworking of the Spirit of God. It is real. It is real. Everything that you see is being created by the Father, through the Son, by the Spirit. So that is power. So when it talks about daily learning to lean on is, is actually being led by the Spirit, not only in hearing part, even when you have heard, we honestly, we ask God, Lord, would you help me? Like, like I said, and I'm not boasting. I believe hmm. when God, I believe last night it was hmm. pouring. It was thunder shower. Then I looked and said, today, Saturday, 100% morning onwards, all that's it. It was saying, until four o'clock, they said it was 100% chance of rain, the weather report. And I said, Lord, you know these pastors, they're all poor. Most of them don't even have bikes. You know, where all they have to come from, Lord. And I believe, Lord, I don't care. And I looked at the weather picture. Hyderabad was absolutely covered because of some low pressure somewhere else. And I said, Lord, when I wake up in the morning, it will clear. And it will not rain, not for them to come until they leave. I believe, Lord. And I actually went out and I commanded it in the name of Jesus. The skies will clear. You know what? It was clear. And I believe they all reached. What time did it rain? Five o'clock. Five o'clock. We finished by 2. So by 2.30, they're all finished. And we have, I'm not saying it happens every time. But the fact is that you are facing a mountain. You have something to do. God's people have to come. These are the poor. Mm-hmm. And his heart is for the, poor. for the poor. They don't have cars. They have, to, I mean, you know how poor they are. And they have come. They have to reach back. And God says, you know what? I can cancel the weather report. I can cancel the weather report. No, I can cancel the weather report. No, that's a big thing. Our problem is when it comes to small things, we don't rely on God. And especially what happens is when we become good in something. That's the danger. When we become good in something. And that's where we have to be careful, okay? Honestly, I never take it for granted when it comes to preaching. Never take it. Doesn't matter how many years I've been preaching. Very, very careful about it, Lord. Let me know. That's what, I mean, if there was a theologian, I brought my wrong. By the way, did you find my Bible here? My regular falling apart Bible. Where Paul says in Corinthians how he came. Not on his wisdom. One by one, two, one. Corinthians chapter 2 verses 1 to to 3. Yeah. Just go there. Look at this man. If any man could stand on his credentials. This is what he says. My brethren, when I came to you, did not, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declared to you the testimony of God. Wait a second. What does that mean? He has both. Yeah. You cannot say, I come with something which you don't have. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay. It's pointless. It's a ridiculous statement. Okay. I, and I, I am, I stutter and I have, I'm a fool. No, he has both. Yeah. Though a lot of people will say he did not have eloquence. I have heard one day TDJ is coming up with his own idea that he was very jealous of Apollos. That is why he said like this. Nonsense. Nobody would say like that. There is no envy in them. Lord of mercy. There is no envy in these people. These people are dead. To their self. self. They pick up their cross and walk. He's not, uh, not Apollo, sorry about Barnabas. Barnabas. He was very jealous about Barnabas and all. Nonsense. These are not people who have got a bone of uh, envy in them. Okay? Mm. Why? <laughs> For I determined, I determined. What is the determination? To know anything among you except Jesus Christ oh. and Him crucified. crucified. What is he saying? He says, I want to know nothing. Basically, you know what verse 2 means? I will not rely on my flesh. That's what verse 2 means. Yes. And Christ crucified. I will not rely on my wisdom. I will not rely on my eloquence. I will not rely on anything that is in my flesh. But verse 3, how will I come? I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. I was relying on the Holy Spirit. This is what he's talking about. This is what God is asking anybody in any sphere of life. Uh, let us talk about, uh, um, let us, the term which we use in India. A housewife, a mother who stay home mother. Okay. A mother should stay home. A stay home mother. <laughs> okay. Uh, because if you believe the most precious gift you have on earth are your children. Sure. There's nothing more precious you can receive on earth from God. And if that is so, how would you watch over it? Oh, God it's as simple as that. Mm. Children are an inheritance mm. from heaven, a reward of the womb. Inheritance, reward. You can't have two bigger words connected with heaven that, that inheritance and reward. Okay, everybody is running a race for the inheritance. God says, I've already given you one on earth. What are you doing about it? Okay, so think mm-hmm. about a stay because many stay home mothers are depressed because they feel they are not doing so good as uh, the women who have gone out in the world. To them, God is saying, you are a stay home mother and you need your day to day chores at home with your babies. Do you ask my spirit? Do you ask my spirit? You know? And if you look at the life of Jesus Christ, he wouldn't do anything without the Spirit from the beginning to that's that is functional grace, as I would call it. That's functional grace. Lord, I want you. I mean simple thing, because our day begins by waking up. When you go to sleep today, the ninth of October night, you say, Lord, you know what? Would you wake me up tomorrow? Like I said to the pastors in the morning, what we need is rest. And not sleep. sleep. Mm. What we need is rest and not sleep. Mm. You confuse this too. You can sleep for 12 hours and woke mm. up tired. Exactly. And more drowsy than before. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and you can have a cat nap like Jesus did in a ship in a storm and get ready to throw the demonic out. Hallelujah. All recharged because he had rest. So you go to bed and you ask the Lord, when I wake up in the morning, Lord, would you give me a first? Would you wake me up, Lord, at your time? You know, if you leave it to me, I will never wake up. Would you please wake me up and give me rest? Okay, he promised I'll give you rest to my beloved and help me to order my day. Okay, and after some time you will realize when you practice this, you will realize what Jesus said in John 16 is, 14 is true. He is with you. He is with you. And he helps order. And you know what? One of the most, most important things a person needs in life 
is to live a life without condemnation. Yes. Life without condemnation, without guilt. You know who can give it? Only the Spirit of God can give it. Nobody else. Mm-hmm. Nobody. It is not even a theology because Baptists have made it into a theology. You just have to believe it. That's not what Romans 8 1 says. says. Yes. That's not what Romans 8 no, 1 says. They bring the Holy the Spirit. Spirit there. There is therefore now mm-hmm. condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do to not walk, walk according to the flesh. Take that out. Therefore, who walk according to the Spirit. Because where does condemnation come from? Condemnation comes from the flesh. flesh from the law. law yes, from the law. law. But whoever is led by the Spirit is not, not under, under law, the law. Yes. And the Spirit is a person. It is not theology alone. The Spirit has theology. But it is a person. And that's what it's talking about. Little by little by little by little, you go by. And for me, the one of the key functional these things or foundational is found in First Samuel chapter three. Okay. Yeah. First, uh, uh, that's, yeah. You got First Samuel. Yes, it's already there. First. Okay, let's start. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord above Eli. Before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Okay, now when the priests don't have revelation, priests don't have the word. What do you expect this boy to have? Nothing except what he has been taught by his mother and what he has learned under Eli. Okay, go back to verse one. What he has been taught by by his mother. And after that, the mother gives him over to Eli, or Eli, however you want to pronounce it, and he goes. So he has only two voices that are spoken into his life, probably his father Elkanah, his mother Hannah, definitely mother Hannah, and uh, and Eli, three voices in his life. And he's walking with that. The only revelation and the word he has, what he has heard from three voices. And now we go to verse 2. It came to pass at that time, Eli was lying down in his place when his eyes had begun to grow so dim he could not see. Verse 3. Before the Lamb of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, while Samuel was lying down. (coughs) Verse 4. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Okay. The Lord called yet again, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered and did not call you, my son, lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. That's the key. He has never heard the voice of God. And the word of God has not been revealed to him. He only knows three voices that are spoken into his life. His father, his mother, and his priest. Father and mother are in there. So when he hears the voice of the Lord, he runs to the third person. Oh. Okay, third person. And then the priest tells, you know what? This is God speaking. After that, you know what? Samuel learns to walk with God. Mm. So first you have to walk with what is revealed. Children, walk with really what has your father told you about God? What has your mother told you about God? What have you heard in your Sunday school or your pastor told you about God? Walk in that. Mm. And one day, God will speak, speak to you. To you. Yeah. Then walk in that. Walk in that. Walk in that. And the word of God says, the word of the Lord came to Samuel. And from Samuel, the word of the Lord went to Israel from Beersheba mm-hmm. to Dan. Okay? That is how it works practically. Till God speaks to you, go by what you have heard. 
not directly from God or most 99 or 100% of the time. First, he speaks to you through other men. If he speaks to you directly and you don't listen to other men, you will be always a rebel. Mm. So he always speaks to a man through other men. Amen. Other men, primarily parents or those who are in ministry. Somebody he speaks to you. When you have learned to hear their voice and obey, right. Bible says he got up and he ran mm. three times. Mm. When you learn to obey, God will learn to speak to you directly. And after that, it's a practice. It's a practice. And you walk. And that's how you walk in. It's a, that's how you learn. But the main thing here is, don't make grace into a theology. theology. Grace is the power of God. It is by grace. We are saved by grace. We are kept by grace. And our work will be also finished, finished by, by grace. grace. It is the capstone. Foundation stone is grace. The cornerstone. Capstone is grace. In between everything, it is grace. And what is the purpose of faith? Faith. Romans 5.2. And we'll go to the next question. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So the question is this. If faith does not access grace, it is not, not faith. faith. It is fake. <laughs> it is fake. <laughs> it is not faith. It is fake. <laughs> yes. Because the issue is faith wow. always accesses the grace of God, the power of God. And you know, it's a daily. We are not talking about signs and wonders. That is a gift. Yes. That is a gift. Mm. This is not talking about a gift. This is talking about constant living. Mm. Constant living. Okay? Now let me ex- try to explain to you, uh, the constant power of God and the gift. Okay? Now if you, if you go to your kitchen, you have a microwave, you have a mixer, you have a refrigerator. Okay? Now, you don't use the fridge or the refrigerator all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't use the mixer all the time. Mm. You don't use the microwave all the time. But you know what? All of it is run by power. Yes. The same power. Okay. Mm. Now we are not talking about the microwave, the fridge or the mixer, which are gifts. We are talking about the power that runs it. Yeah. Power that runs it. And that's grace. These are the appliances. And that these, is are, the, these are just the appliances. appliances yes. Look at the appliances. Mm. Then what will happen is that, you know what? You will think about the Holy Spirit only when you need to use this appliance. Oh, Lord, I am not well. Lord, please heal me. God said, what, what about, what about me when you are well? Oh boy. No? He says, not when you are difficult. He says, <laughs> grace is a way of living. It's a way of living. It is not an appliance mm-hmm. when you use, when you need it. He says, no, it is electricity which you need all the time. Without grace, you are dead. Mm-hmm. Without grace, you are dead. It's grace that keeps you running. It's the power of God. So you need to look at the gifts and the power of God differently. Otherwise, what we'll know is that we will also selectively use it. And that's why we fail. That's why we say, if you, if you, we looked at uh, Romans, uh, sorry, Hebrews 4.16, come boldly, um, mm. uh, confidently to the throne room of grace. So the simple question is, when you go to God's throne room, what does he dispense from there? Grace. Grace. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why we that's have to obtain point. mercy for our failures, but we find grace, grace to help in the time of need. Now the question is, what is the time of need? 
Always. All the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why? Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. You know what, Lord? I'm a poor man. Okay, This poor man cried. Cried when the Lord that's, the, that's why God loved that man. But. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard him. Blessed are the poor in the spirit. This is the kingdom of God. If you're conscious of your poverty, you know, Conscious. Oh, my wife says hello. Actually, half my mind was at home. My wife says power is back. You know, my wife is not good with gadgets or anything. So I was thinking, Lord, there's nobody I can send. She's sitting in the dark. Mm. I have three ladies there. My mother, my wife, and a little child, Mm. all girls, sitting in the dark. So the power is back. Thank you, Lord. You know, honestly, I worry about her. And she's alone because she's not good with technology. She's not good with even her phone. She's terrible with it. Okay. So he's good. There is power. There is power and power has been utilized <laughs> and there is light in Thank my you, Lord. home. Okay. So God is good. So please know this. We are not called to go to God when we only Me. think we need him. The fact of the matter is if our eyes were open, and we were to see the spiritual realm and the demonic, we will realize Lord. God is carrying us even when we think we don't need him. Oh, God. He's carrying us through. He's carrying us through. That's where it says in the book of Isaiah, I forgot that verse, from the womb, womb to your gray, gray hairs. Hair. Are you really aware of it now? Are you really aware of it now? From your grave, boom, from your birth to your hoary, H-O-A-R-Y, hoary hairs, I am the God who carried you. That's a fact. A lot of time we think we are doing it. We don't realize. <laughs> God is carrying us through. God, God is carrying. Even then we, when we think we are walking, we are not walking. We are being carried. Because if he does not intervene, the nature of the demonic, they will destroy us. They will destroy us. Yes? Yes, Pastor. Vee. Pastor, there's a continue there's a continuity to this question. I think you should also tackle that along with this question number twelve. It says, Jesus taught his disciples two important concepts about faith: that all things are possible with God, and the second one, to be persistent. Would you agree with this? All yeah. See, all things are possible with God now. Jesus didn't just say that. He also said all things are possible to him or him or her. Him who believes. Okay, believes and be persistent. Would you agree with this? Now, all things are possible with God. That does not mean God will do all things in my life. Mm. Understand that. God is very clear. See, it's one of the things we need to be careful is that don't be like the prosperity gospel, gospel preachers who will build a castle over one verse. They have that one particular verse in Third John or something. Yes. Entire edifice is built on that. Okay, and uh, no. <clears throat> we have to be careful. You have to look at the whole scripture. All things are possible with God. Okay, does that mean God will do all things in my life? No, He will only do those things which are part of His will for me. And His general will is the same for all of us. But the specific will differs from man to man. That's why God does not even, tells us, never compare one with another. 
There are no two people the same. Even if the two people have the same kind of uh, will of God, specific will of God, the outworking will be different because the personalities are different. So Moses and Joshua both are to lead Israel to victory, but outworking is completely different. You look at the both of them, they're so different. But the working is the same. They are taking them on the way to the promised land. And it's the same power of God working. So when it says all things are possible with God, yes. So the first thing you need to know is what is the will of God in this situation? Hmm. Okay. Let's go back to the verse we've been looking at the past few weeks. Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 17. 17. Okay. 15 to 17, especially verse 17 is the key. No? Hmm. See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay. Now let me tell you how a godly man acts like a fool and wastes his time. When he spends hours praying for something which is not the will of God for him. Wow. Hmm. See, we are, we always, when we think about it, we always think about the people who are not in the kingdom of God <laughs> or people who are sinners. And think about the godly man. How does he waste his time and walks like a fool? Because he is asking, let us say, he does not seek the will of God. He did not seek the will of God. Okay? This is what is interesting. David does not waste time in wars because he seeks the will of God. Yes. Should I go or should I not yes. go? Mm-hmm. Enquire of the he Lord. Mm-hmm. Should I go or not? Should I go? He's a wise man. So he says, God says, go. Will I win or will I not win? You will win. How should I go? You see, these three questions, he gets answers. He's a wise man. He understood the will of God. He understood how he should go. He understood how he should fight. And you know what? He saves time. He saves the lives of his soldiers. He's Mm. a very good steward of of God's resources. God's resources includes in the material world, one time, two, your energy. We have only limited energy. Otherwise, we wouldn't get tired. Why do we get all tired? Because our body has only limited energy. So we have limited time, limited energy, and limited resources. Resources, When you're going to war, you're going with war with 10,000 soldiers. That means in a battle, you have to be careful. This is the only number of casualties you can handle. You cannot handle more than that. Mm. So your resources are few. Time, energy, numbers. Resources, money, food, whatever reason. And David is a smart man. He's a smart man. So he seeks the will of God. That's what the Bible is talking about. All things are possible with God. But do you think God is going to go and do things which he said, that's not, I have no such plans for you. Hmm. And then if he persists with God, and if he answers it, God has done. It becomes judgment. In my wrath, in my anger, I I gave you a king. king. And in my wrath, I took him away. I took him away. He gave them what they asked and sent leanness into their souls. That is using that question the wrong way. With God, nothing is impossible. Can you give your king out of time? Yes. Can you give a king according to the flesh? Yes. Yes. Go back to the question. Yes. If you are persistent, ultimately you may end up with what you should not receive. Okay, so you have to look at both sides of it. 
Are all things possible with God? Yes. But the simple thing, the best thing, the simple thing is what Romans, let's, let's go to Romans 12, 1 and 2 and go to the next question. Simple. <coughs> Romans 12, 1 and 2. And 1 is important. There are specific things mentioned over there. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Why? By his mercies we were forgiven, we were saved. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. The first thing he says, you know what? Honestly, let us ask this question. Whatever any man asks, he asks in this life because he has a body. If he doesn't have a body, he won't ask that. The Israelites had intense craving for meat. Why? Because they got a mouth and an appetite. Okay. If you don't have a body, you don't have desires. Yes. You have no prayer requests. Okay. You have no prayer requests. Okay. So, first thing is your body. So, the first thing God says is, see, would you present your body as a sacrifice? Would you put it on the altar? So that your desires can become kosher. Okay. The first step of knowing the will of God is surrendering our body. Hmm. How? As a living sacrifice. Do holy. Holy. Okay, holy. Third, it should be acceptable. It can be holy on and be unacceptable. It is not enough it should be holy. It should also be acceptable to God. Okay? In the Old Testament, there were many things. You could take a, a what you call a sheep or a lamb from your flock, ten days old. Okay, set apart. Okay? When it is set apart, what does it become? It becomes holy. Holy. Now, what if you do a, 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 a kid of a buffalo? Set it apart when it is 10 days old. It is set apart, but not acceptable. Not, not acceptable, yes. Not acceptable. Set apart. It's innocent. It looks cute, but not acceptable. So it is not enough. It is set apart. Not it also needs to be acceptable. acceptable. And that was God's problem with Israel. He said with the priest, you did not teach them what is clean and what is unclean. unclean. What is acceptable, what is unacceptable. And people get offended in the church when we tell them what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. That's why we have rules, especially for those who come up on the podium. In the worship team, this attire is acceptable, this attire is not acceptable. First, set yourself apart. What is that we tell all the people who sing? If you ever find out that you go to the secular world and sing their junk, get off the worship team. You have been set apart. Your voice, you are telling God, I'm setting it apart to glorify you and you alone and nothing else. You can sing songs, but be very careful. But you will not go into the world and use their voice to glorify man or the things of man. You will not do that. You will use your voice to glorify God only. So you are wholly set apart. Second thing, when you come over there, God looks at the inside, but God also watches the outside. Yes. Man looks at the outside. Be acceptable to God. Be acceptable to God. Be dressed in a way. God's standards of dressing are there. Otherwise, why would he in the Old Testament give such strict standards for the, the priests? priests? And when they come to God, even more. Wow. There is a priest going to people. That is different. People going to God. That when is. you go to God, tell the sons of Sadok, when they come before me, they should not wear anything that causes them to sweat. They should have linen garments, linen undergarments, linen turbans. 
nothing that causes them to go. Why? Because he said that sweat is not acceptable. Because sweat is a sign of the curse in the garden. I believe, honestly, I believe in the resurrection body and Adam before his sin did not sweat. Did not sweat. Why? Because there was no stress. He walked in the rest of God. Mm. Walked in the rest of God. So I believe in the new covenant resurrected body. You won't sweat like you won't sleep. You don't need sleep. You don't need sleep. Why do I need to sleep? Twelve hours because my body gets tired, I need to sleep. But there is no sun and moon over there. Days are not divided that way. And I don't believe you need to sleep in heaven. Sleeping is the most wasted time of a man's life. One third of his life he sleeps away. What does he achieve during sleeping? Nothing. Hmm. Nothing. And I don't think we need to sleep in heaven. Because the God of Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. slumbered. So it is holy. That's not enough. It has to be acceptable. Which is your reasonable service? Reasonable service. And then when verse, verse 2. Do not be confirmed to this world. Now, when it comes to this, even in the world, there are people who offer their bodies mm. as living sacrifice. Somebody who is bent on his career. Literally, like Pastor Vijay, before he came to ministry, had offered his body as a living sacrifice to his lab. <laughs> 24. Sometimes he comes out after 48 hours and all, out of the lab. It was a living sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> So we need to realize in the world, athletes, professional sports people, there are people who are more dedicated to their career and to their objective than people who are in the kingdom of God. Bah. The sons okay. of this age. Bah. The sons of this age. age. So the Bible says, you know mm-hmm. what? Don't be confirmed to this world. Because their motive is different. different their yes. objective is different. Even in these good things, don't look into the world. Don't be confirmed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. And you know what will happen? You will be able to prove. prove. You'll be able to prove. You can prove it. Yes. What is the good, the acceptable and perfect will of God? Do not. Because what happens with the, with the world is the world will look at what is good. The man of God looks at what is acceptable. That's the difference. difference. What is good? All things are good. But all things are not acceptable. All things are good. Okay? When Jesus goes up to pray in Mark 1, 35, he goes up to pray early in the morning. Mm. The people have all come gathered, healing them, delivering them is good. But he has heard from his father, you need to go to the other town and preach. Mm. Now that is acceptable. He has to Choose between what is good and, and what, what is, is acceptable. acceptable. Yeah. What happened to the fellows, sorry fellows, meaning apostles, who did not wake up in the morning and seek the face of God. They haven't heard from God. Mm. Therefore, everything is good. Everything is good. Do you know why believers walk in the good? It's because they haven't heard from God what is acceptable for that day. Mm. Acceptable for that day. So then everything is good. Everything is good. Okay. So they are looking horizontally. Mm. It's good for the people, which is true. They are not looking vertically. Is it acceptable to God? Both has to be there. So when the Bible is talking about all things are possible to God, yes, all things. Can we be persistent? Yes. When? When we know the will of God. 
will of God. And what is one thing we can be persistent? What is one thing we can be persistent? It is about praying for the salvation of people. Unless God tells you. Okay? Sometimes God can tell. You know what God told and Samuel told Saul? You'll never see my face again. Well, never stop praying praying for you. I'm not, he will see his face again, but he doesn't go to Saul. Saul goes to Samuel. But you'll never see my face again. I will never come to you again. It's over. It's over. Okay. Oh. Now, it takes guts, enormous conviction to say that, mm-hmm. to say that to mm-hmm. the king. And I really, really believed. I really, really believed Samuel loved Saul. Absolutely. Samuel loved Saul. And I really think he did not love David. He did not love David. He loved Saul. See, if you look at, okay, he never sinned in anything. I mean, he was a great man, everything and all. But I do believe when it came to many things, you see, if you live with certain people most of your life, unconsciously you start appropriating their habits and their thinking. Samuel was with Saul most of his life. Oh, Lord. What happened is that he started looking at the tall, the smart, and the handsome. Okay. And he loved him. That's why when he comes to Jesse's house, he looks at them and says, truly, the Lord's anointed stands here. What is your reference points? Saul. Saul. Second one, reference point. Saul. Third one, reference point. Saul. And God says, you know, are you getting it wrong? So how even, did when, he, how David, did even he, when David came, he might have been disappointed. What is it? KJV uses the word ruddy. Ruddy. Yeah, a red face, a little fellow coming up over there. A lot of young man coming up over there. No. This doesn't fit in. Hmm. Fit in with him. See, we all, the problem is that, you know, uh, that is confirming to the world. Hmm. Confirming to the world. Okay, that's, that happens. Okay, that happens. Because if we walk in the world and talk in the world and get so immersed in the world, we start getting hmm. pictures of what, how things of God may be like. Hmm. And we can go completely wrong. Completely yes. wrong. Completely wrong. You know? Completely wrong. Be transformed by, by the, the renewing, renewing of your mind. God says your mind has to be renewed by the word and the spirit. Both the spirit empowered, the word that is touched by the spirit. Your mind starts changing and you actually hmm. start seeing. Yes, yes. You start seeing. Okay. Okay. You need to be very, very careful. Absolutely be careful. Okay. Eliza is gone. And everybody knew Elijah with a leather jacket, okay, leather jacket, hairy, all this thing kind. And Elijah is gone. And now comes a man who is bald. You already have a picture of a prophet. Fellow comes, has no hair at all. He's bald. He's dressed differently. So what do the young people call? Baldy, 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 baldy. But the problem is, this too is a prophet. Now with a double portion. You got it completely wrong. So, do not even get pictures of what a man of God should be like from the outward. We have clerical collars. We have white robes. Don't get a picture. Don't even get into a picture. 
Because you may be shocked when the next man of God appears and he doesn't even fit in with the picture. Fit in with it. That's what God asked the Pharisees. What did he go to the desert to see? And to the desert to see? What did he go? What? Man, what kind of clothing he said? Lenin clothing. Uh, what did you? What did, royal clothing. Royal clothing. What did you go to see? Master. But that was my servant. Wow. Okay. So do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but renew your mind. Don't get stuck in the rut. Stuck in the rut. Because remember, God doesn't stick to one pattern. Hmm. God doesn't stick to If there are no two people alike in the world, so be very, very careful because the 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 world wants conformity. Mm. Conformity. That is what the world is trying to do. World wants conformity. God doesn't want conformity. He wants us to conform to, to the his, image, image of, of his, his son, yes. but we are diverse. Yes. The image, character-wise, he wants us to be loving, kind, patient, all that. But how it outworks in us, personality-wise, it is completely different. And Eliza, Elisha, poles apart. A Moses and a Joshua are poles apart. Abraham is a different man. Isaac is a completely different man. And Jacob doesn't dally with Abraham or Isaac. And Joseph is completely different. different. Yet the Spirit of God was working through all four. And that's what God, and that's what we as pastors need to understand. We don't want everybody to look alike. Mm. We don't. But we want everyone to conform to the character of Jesus Mm. Christ and yet appreciate each each one as they are. That's why the Bible says one body, but diversity of gifts. Amen. Diversity. We want that unity in diversity. That was India's slogan. Unity and diversity until this government came. Now they don't want diversity. They want conformity. They want conformity. Mm. And that's what's happening in US city. The US, they don't want diversity. The leftists when they come, communists when they come, they hate diversity because in diversity they do not have power. Their power comes from unity without diversity. Mm. Be like us. That's where the power, the communist party's power comes, doesn't come from diversity. Diversity is a threat for them. Mm. For Antichrist, diversity is a threat. Mm. But God rejoices and thrives in diversity. You look at the entire creation, my gosh. I'm telling you, for those who do not know, this is, there is a uh, YouTube channel, um, Dan, channel by a man called Tim Dennis, I think. Tim Dennis. It's just instrumental music with pictures from the world. I mean, it will blow your mind away. It's instrumental hymns. You can put it on your screen low. You can work through the day. And in between, look at the screen. You would, boy, even this morning, early morning, and I was working. I was, I mean, the beauty of God's creation Creation. captured on for uh, what you call HD. It is so beautiful. Hmm. And the background music is all instrumental hymns. The picture and the music. And you realize, my God, the diversity of Hmm. God's creation. Yet together, the unity by the power of his word. Characterize in eternity, we will see people are all like God. But diversity will be mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. That's what God is talking about. That's what God wants. And be very, very careful. Even as parents, Pastor Vich, yes, Abigail, he has Emmanuel. They are so different. 
absolutely different. And you know what? You should be able to see the difference in both and admire it and enjoy it while working on to conform them to the image of his son. Image. Now let me tell you about image. We have one, two, three, four, five people sitting here, right? We all look different. Yes. Take the x-ray. Hmm. We all look the same. Same. <laughs> Except to Dr. Richard, he will look and there is a crack in this bone. <laughs> but, okay. We, rest of us, we take an x-ray. Don't we all look the same? Yes. yes. That is what it means. When God takes an x-ray off, we should all conform to the image of Jesus Christ. But when he looks at the outside, we are all different. Mm-hmm. Diversity and conformity to the image of Jesus. I'm telling you, heaven is going to be a beautiful, beautiful, is my sound gone? Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, beautiful. They can hear online. No, beautiful, beautiful place. That's what. Know the will of God. Once you know the will of God, pray without ceasing. Mm. Don't give up. Know the will of God, especially with, with, uh, with salvation. Don't give up. Don't give up. You never know. Don't quit on it. Why? Because you know this is the will of God that no man should perish. Second thing. When you should know the will of God and uh, uh, be persistent, your sanctification. Mm. Never, ever, doesn't matter how many times you fall, cry out to God to stand. And doesn't matter how long you stand, cry to God that you get more and more holy. This is the The will will of God, God. your sanctification. This is the will of God. So in those things, you can be persistent. Absolutely person. Because there are certain things in the Bible. It's absolutely clear what is the will of God yes, for you. Yes. This is the will of God. Salvation. This is the will of God. Sanctification. Okay, these two. Mm. Glorification is connected to these two. Where there is no salvation and sanctification, there is no glorification. Mm. There's only condemnation and damnation. Where there is salvation and sanctification, there automatically is. glorification will will follow. So these are things we know. And we very, very persistent, especially believers, very, very persistent with this. Lord, you know what? I am not satisfied with my holiness. Amen. I am not satisfied, Lord. I am not satisfied with holiness. You know why, Lord? I want to be like you. Because why? Because the word of God says, when we see him, we will be like him as he is. So we are. You know, Lord, I want to be like you. I don't want to be like in power and all that, no. But you know what, Lord? I want to be like you in character. And God doesn't say, no, 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 no. God says, I want you to be like me in character. Power we will never be. Wisdom we will never be. Knowledge we will never be. But character, God says, you can be like me. You can be like me. You know? So this is the will of God. Be persistent. Don't be persistent in stupid things. <laughs> People are so stu- persistent in, in stupid things. <laughs> be persistent in real things which matter in eternity. And of course, if you have heard from God, you have heard from God. Abraham has heard from God and Isaac has heard from his father. What is that? It is through you the nations will be blessed. He's heard. The will of God. So if the nations are going to be blessed through me, you know what happens? I need to have a child. If I don't have a child, line stops with me. The will of God does not come to pass. So what did he do? He was persistent in his prayer life for 20 years. Because he knew the will of God. Mm. Persistent for 20 years. And 
he conceived. His wife conceived. And the wife has heard Rebecca's prayer life has gone many, many notches higher because she's got a praying husband. Therefore, the Bible says, Isaac prayed. Rebecca conceived. When she conceives, she goes and asks God, what's happening in my tummy mm. or my womb? And God says, two, two nations. nations. The younger is the one that is chosen. Okay, so you see dynamics of what happens in a family because they are praying persistently according to the will of God. The revealed will of God. So when God reveals his will to us, it does not matter. It does not matter. You will pray until it comes to pass. Comes to pass. Yes, Pastor. So I just want to ask you a small uh, question on, on that. When we are talking about Romans chapter 12 verse 2, he says, uh, in order to prove that which is good and acceptable perfect will of God, you need to have a, conf- uh, a mind which is transformed. Mm-hmm. Meaning to perceive what the will of God is and to understand it, God does not just directly tell it to you, but he gives you a mind so that you'll be able to perceive. Right? Or is yeah. it, is it, or, or, um, or, um, like you also said, mentioned in the second part of your answer, you said, when you heard from God. So these two, two are there. You have a perception because you have a transformed mind in that you are able to see what the will of God Again, is. It's a process. Like when it comes to perception, like we use the example of babies. You know, we have a baby upstairs. Yes. The baby doesn't perceive anything. Almost anything. Why? Because she has no language in her mind. That's why in the big, the Bible says in the beginning was the word. Hmm. The word was with God and the word was God. What is it talking about to us? If there is no word, there is no perception. To perceive anything, we need language. Hmm. Language is the mode in which we perceive something. Yes. Okay. So as vocabulary sounds, which the, we have the, 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 in the animal world, the animal world, if you listen, if you look, okay. Can you hear the sound? Because it rained. Can you hear the sounds? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. it is coming. No, 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 I'm yeah. not talking about it. Listen, can you hear the sounds, the crickets? Yes, there, there yes. is, there is. Does it make any sense to you? No. No. There is sounds, but there is no language. Ah, yeah. Yes. There is no language. But for God, it is not sound, it is language. That's why God says, if you stop praising, the rocks and the trees will praise you. Mm. He says, for that, one, you can't hear the sound of the trees, but he says, I can. The trees clap. Mm. You can. He says, that's sound for you, but there is language for me. So there is sounds and there is language. Mm. Okay? But both has to come. So as the parents keep on speaking, 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 little by little sounds are transformed to language. Language increases perception. On an average human being, let's use the term English language, an average person who uses English, is a native of English language, uses in his life roughly around 3,000 to 5,000 words. That's all he needs for his entire life. Hmm. But somebody who is an author, good author, may use up to 10 to 15,000 words. Okay. For us, we need a dictionary of synonyms and because what does this mean? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, what does it mean? We don't even understand what mm. it means. Mm. Okay, we don't like simple. Okay, we are all biblical scholars, but if you look at these three words, they seem the same. They are not same. Perseverance, endurance, and patience. patience. Okay. Oh, they're so different. <laughs> this 
What is endurance? Well, endurance is not perseverance. Yes. Well, I thought endurance was perseverance. Well, perseverance is not patience. But you need all three yeah. in your character. Mm. One can have endurance without, without perseverance. Yeah. One can have perseverance without patience. And you'll say, how is it possible? <laughs> I thought all three was the same. God says it is. This is a trinity. We need to understand when you are perceiving. Perceiving. Okay, first we have language. Language gives, sound gives language. Language starts giving images. Mm. Images. And the problem is, your images can be completely wrong because you received the images from the world. Mm. Because like I keep telling you, when you go to the world, you speak English. When you come into the church, you speak English, but the images are different. Absolutely true. Hmm. Images are different. Blessed are the poor. Ah, blessing, blessing, blessing. <laughs> poor in the spirit. Ah. <laughs> what? They went up the mountain. They sat down to listen to Jesus. And Jesus began. Blessed. Everybody's ears barked up. And Jesus said, are the poor in the spirit. <laughs> Total oxymoron. <laughs> Total oxymoron. Okay. Think about it. That's a problem. So it is sounds. It is language, then the image it creates in your mind mm. is ultimately how you pursue. That's what the Bible says. Don't conform to the pattern of the world. Because there are images in the world which are very, very true. Mm. Which you go into over and over and, and over and, and over and over and over. Let's go to James chapter 2 and verse 2. Mm. If I'm right. If there should come, uh, and two and three, three also. Two together. Uh, two, th- let's put it two. It's not coming, most friends. Pardon? Niharao. Okay. Let's read it. Okay. Okay, let's read two. If there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, hmm. what happens? Next Verse one. three. You pay attention to the one wearing fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit there at my footstool. What happened? You picked an image that is from the world. Verse 3, verse 4. Have you not partiality among yourself and became judges with evil thoughts? Why? Because your image was wrong. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who have, who love him? Now I tell you, okay, James chapter 2, verse 5, takes the prosperity of gospel and throws it into their dustbin. Bah. Absolutely. Answer to me, James chapter 2, verse 5. And connect the prosperity gospel to this. There is no this thing about poor and rich here. Absolutely clear. God has taken the poor in the world. Who are the poor in the world? Poor in resources. Poor in money. Poor. Yeah, absolutely. But he has made them rich, rich in, in this faith. world. And heirs of the kingdom. Hmm. Now God is not discarding the rich in the world. But if the rich in the world should become poor in the spirit where he takes its hands of his wealth and says, this is not mine. I'm just a steward. Hmm. I'm just a steward. Yes. You know what I am? I may be, the India, uh, Ambani has reached that club of 100 billion. 
first Indian to reach 100 billion Ambani. And then he has a man called CFO, Chief Financial Officer. Okay. He handles the entire wealth of the Ambani Empire. Is it his money? No. No. But he handles the money. <clears throat> and we are CFOs. It's not my money. It's not my money. It's God's money. It's not my money. You know what? The rich can be poor. Amen. Yes. The rich can be poor. And the poor can be rich. Mm-hmm. How does the poor can be rich? He's been made rich in faith. Rich in faith. So this is the image what the Bible is talking about. You know what James is telling him? Do not confront the pattern of the world. Because you know what happens in the pattern of the world? When you are dressed. Okay. Now we are smart. Jesus comments that steward, steward. Steward, yes. Okay. So I, I told Pastor Vijay, when you go to this office, register's office and wear a coat and go. <laughs> you know what? The minute he goes with the coat, they will come, says, come, sir, sit down. Seriously. Uh, if you go dressed normally, you have to stand there for hours. You're wasting your time. You have to redeem the time, but the days are evil. Simple thing, put a coat and go. They will say, sir, come and sit down. <laughs> <laughs> really, honestly, really, honestly <laughs> ask him. This is what has happened. Okay. This is what happened. On the other hand, God says, "Okay, don't try that in the kingdom. Don't bring that image." Now, a man comes in the court. We have some costumers in our pastors' conference this Sunday, this Saturday. Probably always simple people. No? You come in a court and over to my meeting. I'm not giving you any bhav. I will treat you the same way I treat the poor. I don't look at the outward at all. I will not look at your outward at all. Mm. Okay? We will go by whether you are listening to the word and responding. That's the only thing that matters. So on the other hand, we will show more sympathy to the poor. We will show more sympathy to the poor. Not the crook among the poor, the genuine poor. Okay? So here God says, don't show partiality. You got your image from the world. Your image is always wrong. Always wrong. Okay? Mm. And honestly, if you have noticed, if you've been with me for 14 years, we don't judge anybody by the skin of their, or the color of their skin. Have you noticed in 14 years, let's be honest, we have people with black skin. Right? Yeah. They have been on our stage and they have served God. Have you ever seen a white man on my stage? No. No. Not at all. Not at all. Because I haven't found a white man so far come to my church who had the caliber to go up. And if they have, I haven't, I have allowed people with white skin who are talented to sing, who had a gift to sing. I said, but you will not judge anybody by the color of their skin. You know how we are partial? We conform to the image of the world because we have this, what I call the colonial hangover. <laughs> Colonial hangover, and you know what happens? We think that the skin color gives you advantage. Okay, and we have it, but God says in the kingdom of God, it does not matter what is the color of your skin. Mm. Does not matter. You are only judged by your character. So whether you are a white man, whether you are a black man or a brown man, it does not matter. Don't conform to the image of this world. And you will see, look at our matrimonial columns. Born again Pentecostal man wants fair skin. What are you talking about? So true. What are you talking about? With a six-figure salary. 
<laughs> Confirming to the image. Okay, so we need to realize we all have issues in our mind. Issues in our mind. We all have issues. And it is, you know, when the rubber meets the road, that's when you will know whether there is air in your tire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, air in your tire. So be very careful about this. The world is very, very powerful. And, and why does God tell us, honestly tell us, practically, separate yourself from the world as far as possible? You know why? It is impossible to keep on going into the world and not letting these images register exactly. in your mind. At the end of the day, you have only two eyes and two ears. <laughs> and you go into the world, man-made world and God-made world. There are two worlds. One is the God-made world, creation. Then there is man-made world. And I always tell, go to the God-made world. Like I watch, every day I watch. Every day I watch. And I'm telling you, it is stunning. Until in 6,000 years of God's, man's creation, man's work on earth, you cannot come anywhere near God's creation. You have to see Tim Janus, if if I'm right, is his name. His instrumental music at the background and the pictures he has put together. It's videos. You know what? We cannot come anywhere near. So go into creation, God's creation. Enjoy. Feast your eyes on it and exalt God. God. Don't go into man's creation and feast your eyes. You know what? Behind everything of man is the glory of man, which you see in Genesis 11. Let us make man says, yeah, let us make a name for, for ourselves. ourselves. And and you know what? Let's, yeah, straight away. They said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. You know what? This is how Babylon is built. They replaced creation. What is that? Stone. Replace that with brick. What is the difference between stone and brick? Stone God created. Brick man made. Hmm. Brick man made. Brick man made. They replaced what God has made with what man has made. And what I say, we will build not for God, for ourselves. A city, a tower whose top is in the heavens, rival God's kingdom, rival God's kingdom. Let us make a name for ourselves. What is that? Babylon. And Babylon will crash in one hour. And then the son of God comes and says, you know what? Hallowed be thy name. You know what? I'm going to build another city, a city that is from above. That city is called Jerusalem. Mm. And in that city, your name shall be hallowed. Your name shall be hallowed. And there will be nothing of the work of man in it. Mm. It will be done by God. Not Go to Hebrews uh, chapter 11. It is says, it is not of man. Whose builder and maker is God. Whose builder. Therefore, Ah, uh, no, not twelve. Uh, no, eight, I think. One second, Pastor. Okay. Just one. It's beautiful because everywhere. 16, 16, 16, yeah, it is there. Now they desire a better. That is a heavenly country. No, 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 no. It's Abraham. Abraham. Eight, eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And God has prepared a city for them. 
By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called. Yeah. And he would receive. Yeah. Go further. Yeah. He went. Because look at the verse 10. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder, builder and, and maker, maker is, is God. God. So there are these two cities. God is saying, which are you building? Hmm. Which are you building? To which image is your mind conformed to? The world is Babylon. Let us make it has replaced what God has made with something which man has made. It's all about man. It's all about man in unity coming together, making a name for themselves. And then you have the poor in the spirit who says, Lord, thy will be done. I am just a channel. You work through me unto you, for you, by you, unto you. Amen. <clears throat> That's a city that will last forever and ever. So whatever we do, ask yourself. Is it a work of flesh or is it a work of the spirit? Remember, whether it is flesh or whether it is spirit, it is both done through the body. So God says, comes and says first, offer your body as a living sacrifice so that your work does not become the work of flesh. It becomes the work of my spirit. Both are done by through the body. The flesh or the spirit is done through the body. But when the spirit does, it becomes eternal. That's why the Bible says, all works will be tested by fire. It has to go through the fire. If it survives through the fire, what does it mean? It was a work of the spirit. Mm. It was not a work of the flesh. If it is burned up, doesn't matter how good it was, it was a work of the flesh. Because the flesh does good works. Because eaten of the tree of good and evil, mm. but will not be accepted. Accepted. And it's a waste of time. That is what the Bible is saying. Good People in the kingdom of God waste time with good works. Good works. And God says, you know what? That was for the works which I had for you. You're wasting your time. You've got only this much time to finish it. <laughs> you know, finish it. Mm. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, we can take one more question. This is, I think yeah. it's from, uh, you, you, uh, you got it in the evening. Question number 13. Uh, it says, yeah. we as the elder elders in the, church, in, in the church need to, need to truly be devoted to the new Christian's growth. They need daily contact with a Christian. Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47 and Hebrews 3.13. We should make sure they understand the reasons for things. Why God says, submit to your husband. Jesus says, turn the other cheek and do everything without arguing and complaining. They must understand the reasons and begin working on the internals. That is attitudes, values, motives, etc. I have over a hundred women here. Do you agree? We need to teach them to think, to seek advice, to depend on God and his word. To build relationship with Christians. This generation is a touchy, feely generation with too much of emotions and no depth in them. How do we teach them to grow in love, pure, holy, loving, genuine relationships? That's the scripture. Go back to Hebrews and first let's have Hebrews 3.13 and then we go to uh, Acts chapter 2. Yeah, 3.13. I want to see what that word says. Uh, uh, but uh, exhort one another daily. another daily while it is called today, lest anyone of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Okay? One another daily while it is called today. Now go to Hebrews chapter, uh, sorry, Acts chapter 2. Okay, chapter 2, verse 42. Okay. okay. Those were yeah. baptized. They, continued, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, fellowship in the breaking of bread. It depends upon 
situations okay now in that situation it is a home where children rescued who have come off the streets you have 100 people living together okay you can have a family that is living together okay family a family a father let's say father with four kids five kids three kids two kids whatever a father mother three kids or you can like our home uh 10 girls in one home 12 boys in another home different setups you look but the method is the same whether it is a family whether it is a home whether it's an orphanage whatever you want to call it rescue home whatever christian what is that you need doctrine yes what is basically doctrine the doctrine of life the doctrine of life okay it is consciously taught and unconsciously imbibed yes okay imbibed okay 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 simple thing okay small children as they growing up you know what does the mother say don't talk with food in your mouth it's a doctor yes the doctor the doctor hmm. you may choke mhm when you're talking with food in your mouth you may spit on others now it is okay you spit on me because i'm your mother tomorrow you will grow up and you will not get in this habit and you spit on somebody else they will be offended yes. it's a simple thing it's a very simple thing but it's a doctrine of life mm. i don't want you to offend somebody mm. by mistake and you grow up and lose your chance in life mm. okay mm. simple thing these are all learned in home do your chores do your chores okay do your chores set your room in order okay now let us say okay let us say you go to a garden and there are flowers all of they all look good and there is this lady or a sister in the morning she picks a bunch of different flowers arranges it in a different way now when you went out it was beautiful when a different order came in it became even more beautiful that's god's universe there is beauty in order. order where there is more order and different mm. kinds of order beauty is enhanced amen. this is from god amen this is from god mm. so you are teaching a child doctrine when he get it's a doctrine of life when he get up in the morning do these things why one when you have order you save time you save time you have order you save time second when you have order you bring duty you bring beauty because that is a part of god's okay like let me tell you yesterday i had to go for my to the rto office for something so i needed a document okay now i am here my wife is there and the driver is there so i tell my wife go to this cupboard open this in that there is this folder in that folder look over there you will find my aadhar card now if i did not have order how do you know where it is so what will i do i will tell i will come home i will look for it and the appointment slot has been given at a particular time 12 o'clock is your appointment you know what because i did not have order i'm looking for my aadhar card because without my aadhar card that thing will not go through you see how order saves time mm-hmm. order saves time okay people who read people who read okay people who read 
people us like who we read we have hundreds of books but we don't read all of all. them there are certain books we read and we know exactly where it is yeah exactly where it is mm. you know why to save time there is order it saves time mm. order brings beauty so in life you know life is full of doctrine doctrine this doctrines is what makes life happen mm-hmm. where there is no doctrine there is no life so if you look at it there is doctrine and there is fellowship if there is no doctrine there is no fellowship yes there is no fellowship like tomorrow is sunday we have doctor let's put it has rules we have rules so what is that worship begins at 9 and finishes by 9:20 so if you come at 9:25 you have missed worship missed worship if you come at 9:50 you get 5 minutes of worship if you check into your hotel and they will tell you breakfast there is a timing given and thought you are supposed to and after that it's close <laughs> no i am on vacation i'm going to sleep, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then pay why breakfast is complimentary You could have got it free. Now pay for it. Oh no, I have 10.30. Can I have breakfast? Yes, sir. Can I have breakfast? Yes. And it will come on your bill. <laughs> okay. Did you see? There are doctrines with children. We are not telling them it is written. We don't have to tell them. We know what is written. We know what is written. And we put it across to them. This is what is written because we are getting ready for a life with God forever. In God's kingdom there is order. Not only God's kingdom there is order there is beauty. It's a life full of relationships Amen. for eternity. Mm. This is the training place. Yes. You're going to learn here. Okay? You see when you have a, when they have a school, when they have a school, when they come for for uh, admission you know what happens they have what is called evaluation right yes. what do you call it uh, uh, diagnostic test diagnostic okay. test mm-hmm. a child will come very tall but when the test is over you are grade 3 how can i be in grade 3 i'm already 5 feet 5 i'm sorry the diagnostic test says you're only good for grade 3 and god is saying when you come through that fire you will be assigned your places in heaven It's a diagnostic test. Nobody will go wrong there. You will be assigned according to your character development on earth. Mm-hmm. You need to understand this is serious business, and it is true. Yes. You'll be assigned your place according to how you come. That's the judgment seat of Christ. Mm. So learn to live here. What will be counted in heaven does not matter on earth, because. earth these things are not important in heaven things are very very important the first thing god will ask you is are you a loving person are you a loving person first thing most important are you loving second are you true you know if you go to galatians 5 6 what a stunning statement by paul in christ jesus If you are saved you are in Christ Jesus. That's a new covenant life. You are in Christ Jesus. Now Paul says through the Holy Spirit, let me tell you what matters in Christ Jesus. Neither circumcision or uncircumcision, <laughs> all outward things nothing matters. Avails anything. 
All your things is either connected with circumcision or uncircumcision. But faith working through. Kya hmm. That's the only thing that works. Only thing that really, really matters. So when people come into the kingdom of God, the church leadership is duty bound to teach them the doctrine of life. This is how we live as a community. But doctrine itself has no meaning if there is no fellowship. fellowship yeah. Because the purpose of doctrine is for fellowship. Yes. We live a life together. Why is the father and the mother telling the children, do this, don't put your elbows on the table? Mm. Okay. Elbows on the table. Why? Because now you are two. The table is the same. Five years from now, there may be eight on the table. And you know, because you did not listen to us now, you, the elder one, is pushing the other away <laughs> with your elbow. Okay? You're teaching a mm. lesson at the table which you will learn in life. You don't use your elbows. You don't push others instead. You make space for, for others other person, in yeah. your life. Where do you learn it? You learn it at the table. Yes. That's why I keep telling people most of life's lessons in a believing life person is learned at the dining table at supper time. Mm. Not in Bible study. Mm. It's learned there. The final percolating of the coffee machine which comes down. No, It's all at the dining table. Mm. You learn life at the table. So that's called the Lord's Supper. That's why the Bible says over there, they gather daily for the Apostles Doctrine. Apostles Doctrine. Fellowship. Fellowship. Breaking of bread. Breaking of bread. Let me tell you, where did Jesus give them the greatest lesson of his ministry? At the breaking of bread. At the breaking of bread. Mm. You know what he did? He broke bread. And then what did he did? He wrapped a towel around his waist. Washed. And he went and washed their feet. He said, do you understand what I taught you for three and a half years? What was this all about? That you serve one another. Do you understand? You know what it was all about? Not who is greatest, who is least. Do you know what the entire sum total of my teaching to you in one lesson? You know what? Wash each other's feet. (laughs) Serve one another. That's all. That's what it is. That is what. What does a family do? What does a family do? In a family, when a baby is born, because the baby is completely weak and vulnerable, everybody serves the baby. Mm. Even the other one who may be two or three years older is taught to serve the baby. baby. Don't shout. Why? Baby will be scared. Mm. scared. Mm. Baby is sleeping. Mm. He realizes, oh, I have to serve the baby. Yes, you have to serve the baby. Mm. See, in the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of this world, it is like this. It's a pyramid. Where the weight is on the poor, the weak, and the people at the top have no weight. The kings, the queens, the princes, the prime ministers, the presidents, where do they live that kind of opulent life? By taxing the poor. The poor. The kingdom of the world, Jesus says, it's the other way. Mm. It's inverted. It's like this. Whoever is stronger in the faith, older in the Lord, you take the weight. Scruples of the faith. Take the weight. Mm. You don't let them serve you. You serve them. 
You have to carry their burdens. That's why he said, the kingdom of the world, that's why the pyramids were put there in the desert. They came from Egypt. The pyramid is a sign of God's judgment upon the world. You know, he says how the pyramids were built with the backs of my people who had to break and die to build their pyramids. But you know how I build? It won't be built that way. It will be the other way. The kingdom of God will be built on the sacrifice of my son. His body, his life, his blood is built the other way. Around. Hmm. So this is what it is talking about. With we, they have to learn it. They have to learn it. And especially these children who have come off the streets, they are angry, they are miserable because all they have known is to be used. Used. And when they come into the kingdom, they come with those attitudes and we have to tell them, you have to change. We don't use you here. But we serve one another here. And this is the doctrine. And this is life. And when you hurt each other, when you hurt each other, the Bible says in First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, let each one examine. You know what? First Corinthians chapter 11. 11. Okay. Judging ourselves. Hmm? You got over there? Got it? Let, let each man examine Ilfa, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now let me tell you something. Go to verse 20 and 21 and 22. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of the others. One is hungry, another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. Let me explain to this very carefully. Okay? Now it has become, in, this, in the kingdom of God, in the, in the church it has become. But what we call as communion, it's never in the church. It's never in the church. They did not gather in the house of God for communion. Because there was no house of God. The church gathered in houses. Mm. And at, and the Bible studies were in the houses. What they had in the beginning was house churches. And at the end, after the doctrine, what happens is they all ate together. together. Now what is happening in the Corinthian church? There is no teaching. They are just eating. And the fellow who comes eat, eats as much as he can gets drunk. He said, what happened to your doctrine? What happened to your fellowship? Your fellowship stings. Your fellowship stings. You know what? He says, what? He says, what? Do you not have houses to eat and drink it? Don't you have houses? Do you despise the church of God? You see, every time they gathered, every time they gathered, they ate together. They ate together. Okay. That's like what we try to do on a Sunday. Come, eat, no, fellow, listen, eat, fellowship, come, eat the same food. Okay. Now what happens when we all come to eat? You all wait for one of us to come. Because why? We pray, then only you start. Mm-hmm. Corinthian church, that is not, nobody waits for the pastor to come and pray. The one who comes, eats, starts looking there for the big chicken leg. He eats it and brothers comes and they just have gravy left. 
And Paul is saying, are you not ashamed? <laughs> Go to your house and eat like that. What have you learned from the doctrine? What have you learned from the doctrine? What have you learned from the doctrine? Okay, and that's what we do. And if you notice as elders, if you have consistently seen as elders, we eat last or we don't eat at all. Mm. Why? Because if we are duty bound to see that everybody what has eaten. Food. And when we have a pastor's conference where we have pastors coming from everywhere and sometimes families, and then we have our church serving them, we always tell our church, you eat last. last yes. You eat last. Second thing, we tell them, if there is not enough food, don't worry. Yeah. Go back home don't and eat. eat. Yeah. You don't eat first. You know, we are teaching them. You know what the doctrine you heard is practiced here. It be at a home, at a church. So communion was not that you broke away for and drank. That was not what it was. Communion was where you actually, the rubber hit the road. Meaning you came to the church, you gathered in a house, and there is food. And the question is, would you share? Would you share? Would you give space to the other? And he would say, no, brother, you eat, you eat. No, you eat first, brother. No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry, I got the chicken leg. And you say, no, I think you like chicken leg, right? Yeah, you take my chicken leg. The neck will do for me. Do for me. You know, you're being tested. You're being tested, Man. brother. Tested. Mm. Why do we give? Because this is 14th year of our church. For, not 14 years, completed 14th year of our church. 12 years ago, when we started this pastor's conference, the Lord specifically told me, I will send you my servants who are the poorest. Give them an offering because they have no money and give them the best meal you can provide because that would be the best meal of their month. And I'm telling you, till today, it is true. For many of them eating today, I'm telling you, that is their best meal of the month. Because God doesn't go wrong. And I know they haven't eaten like that for the whole month. And they will not eat like that for the rest of the month. And we have never changed our menu. Never changed our menu. Okay? Change for a menu. And the only reason we put strictly that if you do not come on time, you don't get the offering, is to separate the fake from the real. That's the only reason. Because it's a pastor's conference. I'm telling you, if there is no fellowship, so fellowship is basically when you are living together in your home, how you live, how you share, how you make space. When a little baby comes, even in a home with 100 people coming in, all 100 did not come together. Okay, like our children. Who is the one who came last? Venkat. And Venkat was weak. He was poor in the sense he didn't have clothes. He had no language. He hated school. He did not know how to study. So you know what? You have to give him more love, more patience. Now you know what? Venkat has changed. He's changed. I'm not saying he's fully been. He's changed. You know why? Because you had to give him more attention. That is how it works. How it works. The minute a new baby is born, all the other children in the family has to learn. You serve that one. You tiptoe around that one. Mm. You know what? This is how you learn. How you learn. So that's what the Bible is talking about. David. Oh, which psalm is that? Psalm 78? Mm. Where it talks about how he tended those who were with heavy... Yeah, 78. 70 last verses. 70 oh, last verses. Why God picked him up? Psalm, psalm okay, 70. Yeah. Why God picked him up? I love that verses. Psalm 70 are the last verses. 
He also chose David his servant, took him from the sheepfolds, from following the eaves that had young, he brought him to the shepherd Jacob, his people. And simple thing is that, the question is, why is that mentioned there? Why is it, why does that have narrative have to yeah, Exactly. It's because how he tended mm. to the sheep, the female sheep, which were heavy, pregnant, heavy. He slowed down the whole flock for the sake of this. Yeah. He slowed it down. I can picture in my mind, they were taking his flock. You know, shepherds have their sound. Mm. They will say, and the sheep slows down, it moves. He slows down the whole flock because at the back are the heavy pregnant moms. And there are a few kids and I'm sure he's got a little kid on his shoulders and he's got the mothers at the back and in the front according to the strength. According to the strength, he's leading them and God is watching. You know why? Because when the Amalekites came and attacked, they attacked at the rear Mm -hmm. where those were the weak Weak. and the stragglers. And that's why God said, I will fight Amalek from generation to generation. What does it mean? When a believer falls, a new believer falls, the enemy comes and attacks him where he is the weakest. So God says, when the weak ones come in, cover them, Mm. carry them protect them and show enormous patience with them because you know what? Amalek is after them. And he looks at David. He looks at the David. He looks at Saul. He's got 600 men to go before him, 3,000 hand-picked men all going before him. And he looks at David. He's not in the front. He's at the back. He's taking off those who are pregnant, who are weak, carrying the kids on his shoulder. He said, I met a man to lead shepherd. He chose David, his servant. And where did he become from? The sheep falls. Mm. So the elders and the ones, everybody is in the process of transformation. You know what? For the elders, what does God say? He keeps on sending the new young ones. They are unruly. They are ex-drug addicts. They may be off the street. And you know what? God is teaching the elder more and more and more patience. The shepherds more. That's why in the Bible, among the different crowns mentioned, there is a crown mentioned only for the shepherds. And you know how they will be given? They will be given for their long suffering and their patience and kindness. And you know how they got it? Because of all the unruly sheep that came in. And they shepherded them. So those who come in and those who are over there, everybody is changing. Everybody is changing. Because you have to look into things, what is important in heaven. What is important in heaven. Let's go to first, second Peter chapter two, or chapter one, and read, read from verse four and five onwards. Exceedingly, okay? We have been exceedingly that we having, okay, you may be partakers, okay, which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of what? The divine divine nature, God's own nature, his character, having escaped corruption that is in the world through lust. How do we do it? We have the promises. What are the promises? Doctrine. But the simple thing is, how does it become practical? How does the divine nature of God become my nature? It is by this. This very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, what? Virtue. Virtue. 
What is virtue in NIV? Goodness. The very goodness of God. Virtue. Goodness. And to goodness, what you add? Knowledge. And to knowledge, what you add? Verse 6. Yeah. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. So how does the elder in a church learn self-control? But not losing it all. Yeah. How, how does a father learn, how does Raj learn self-control? From Gracie. <laughs> you have no choice but exercise self-control. <laughs> right? Child is not able to sleep. What are you going to shout at him? Feely, that's what he's talking. A generation that is all feely, feely, no depth at all. Okay. How does a man, a married man learn self-control? From his wife. Why? Because the world, the word of God says, treat them with honor as a weaker vessel. They are emotional. They will look, they will cry at the drop of a hat. What do you exercise? Self-control. Self-control. First you learn self-control in marriage. Okay? I mean, when you become adult married, then you learn self-control as a father. And everywhere you are learning these things, but these things are important. Self-control and Perseverance, you have to perceive in these things. And to that, godliness, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness. How will you learn brotherly kindness if you don't live among brothers? This is not theory. (laughs) Oh, I have the doctrine of brotherly kindness. But you have no practical. Brotherly kindness. Okay, love. Brotherly kindness, love. Love. And love locks it up. Like I said, nut and bolt. What is the nut? Love is the nut. It locks it all, keeps it together. Because if you, love goes, love goes, everything. Have you noticed? Whether it is with God, whether it is with man, in a marriage, in a church, or with God, the first thing to go is love. Yep. So first thing to go is love. When love goes, everything starts going, starts falling. It won't be held together. That's why he's telling to the Ephesus church, you know what? Go back to love. You have everything, but I will tell you, it will not last. It will all fall away. What holds it all together? It is love. It is love. So there is love, the love of God, agape love, sacrificial love of God. And then there is brotherly kindness, which is different. It's different, okay? You know what? A lot of things we learn in homes and in community, which is called the church. We learn. And that's why when people come here, this is not touchy-touchy emotion. Okay? <laughs> you don't get hurt. You know? Like I know Ma tells the children in GSS, if you don't have a reason, don't cry. And we used to tell our children, if you cry without a reason, I will I'll give you a reason. <laughs> Don't give you a reason. I mean, when, not when they are babies. When, when you are babies, you don't need a reason. Even a bubble in your stomach is good enough reason and we shall pamper you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pamper. When you grow up, when you cry, better have a reason. Why are you crying? When are you crying? If you don't have a reason, I will give you a reason. So at least you can, your tears are not crocodile tears. They are real. Don't, please, no, we don't feed people's emotions. Mm. Okay, that's one of the problem with the last days. If they're walking on, like, remember the old example I used to, used to tell? You get your bathtub, 
you put your lotions, your soap, soap. everything, whatever. Then you fill it with water and the bubbles rise, rise, rise. Now the bathtub is like, like a cloud over it. Then there is water and there is tub and you get it. Now the question is, you enjoy the bubbles, you enjoy the water, but what holds your weight? The tub. It's a tub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the problem is a lot of people think the bubbles will hold their weight. <laughs> that is your emotions. Feely, feely, touchy, touchy, faith. I'm telling your brother, sister, you know what? You are head for a shipwreck or a mm. train wreck. Okay. What holds it is the tub. You know, what holds it? You need it. Emotions is not going to that. That's why the Bible is saying, you know what? Add, add, uh, add. Mm. How? In, in, you go that to verse 8 and 9. Mm. Now, if these things are yours, yours and abound, don't stop this till mm. the day of your death. Amen. Keep adding. Keep adding. Mm. Keep adding. Keep adding. And Jesus is adding. His final addition is on the cross. The first statement is his father. Forgive them. They do not know. What, you know what is happening? Even when he's saying he's adding to his character. Amen. Adding to his character. They are all mocking, scoffing. They crucified him. He's writhing in pain, but he's adding to his character. Hallelujah. Adding. Still adding. What? Brotherly kindness and love. He's adding. Amen. He's adding on the cross. This mm. never stops. Keep on adding, abounding. You will be neither barren nor unfruitful, unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what he's saying? You will not be barren or unfruitful. Let me ask you this question. Jesus if you look, is the most fruitful on the cross. Mm. Most fruitful on the cross. Yeah. On the cross. God is Mm. saying, you know what? Let me ask you, you look at all the lessons of Paul. And you take tomorrow's Sunday paper and look at any Christian obituary. What do you think is the line most common that you will see? 2 Timothy 4.7. Exactly. Do you know, people have learned more from the end of Paul's life than from his beginning. (laughs) Most fruitful. (laughs) Most fruitful. All his present letters are most fruitful. People have learned more about what is the life of Christ from his suffering than from his successes. That's what God is talking. We are living as a community. A home is a community. Of believers, the father, the mother, the children, and even the maid. If you have a living maid, a maid or a half, the maid will Maid, I'm telling you, the maid will know you whether you're real or fake. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The maid will know you. And it matters. Let us say the maid, she is from outside. Yeah. That's what the Bible said. We saw today in yes. the book of Colossians. So, live in wisdom towards those no. who are outside. outside, redeeming that time. And immediately comes your conversation. Conversation. Season Meaning your life, your word, mm-hmm. season, how you talk to your maid is more important. Very important. You know why? Because you may be the only open door to their salvation. Only open door to your salvation. The Bible is talking about these things. Okay? So we have to be very, very careful. Okay? How we deal with people who come in and how they deal with one another. Okay? And when things all fall into place. You know? Let me ask you this question. Why was the elder son given a double portion? To take care of the other children. To take care of the other children when the father dies. After the father is gone, let us say, Jacob has 12 sons. Reuben is entitled to a double portion of the father's inheritance. And after the father dies, something happens to one of the sons in the middle. A catastrophe happens and he loses. 
the eldest son takes the responsibility of the father. That's why he was given double portion, not to. So everybody is saying, I'm praying for a double portion. For what? Mm-hmm. Will you take care of the weaker ones? Yeah. <clears throat> Do you understand how the kingdom, the original double portion, the firstborn of many is Jesus Christ. You know what? Till today he's taking care of his younger brothers and sisters. Mm. Forever making intercession for these saints. He's one son who has never wasted his double portion. Mm. That's a community of believers. Mm. That's what God is talking about. That's what God is talking about. When you live as a community, all those who come in, don't walk on your feelings and your emotions. It is irrelevant. Learn fast what matters in the kingdom. That's what I keep telling to our GSS children. I said, you know what? You don't need supervisors. You have supervisors because the law demands supervisors. But do you need supervisors? Why? Because the law is for criminals. Mm. The law is for the ungodly. The godly doesn't need laws. He's got the law written in his heart. I said, you are 10 of you, or 12 of you, or 15 of you. You know what? If you go by the pecking order, how easy life is? What is the pecking order? The eldest takes care of the others. <coughs> Not the other way around. Eldest onwards it goes. That's what I said. I was honestly complimenting. Jyoti can run. I'm telling you honestly. Anyone who marries Jyoti is blessed. She will run a home. Run a home. She's such a mature kid, a head on her shoulders, responsible for all the others. If we need anything, you can call Jyoti. It is done. It is done. Quietly she gets everything. She doesn't even talk. Quietly. You know what? She has learned as a firstborn. She's a firstborn among many there. Firstborn. Among the girls, she's the firstborn. And she understands her duty. She understands her responsibility. You know what? Sometimes you need to realize these children who come from poor, broken homes, <laughs> they have no upbringing. They have learned the doctrine in fellowship. They are more responsible than children who come from normal homes. You know why? Because they have learned. The doctrine and the fellowship has worked in them. Worked in them. They really worked in them. And I, I look at them. I look at them. Today I asked somebody why we're into there. Okay? Two places she was, I'm not mentioning names. Two places she was not there. I didn't see you at worship. I didn't see you at serving. I told them, my eyes don't miss anything. I didn't see you there. You didn't come for worship. Why? Why didn't you come for worship? You're part of the worship team. Why didn't you come? Two. And everybody else was serving. You were missing. You think my eyes miss? Eyes don't miss. I'm looking at you. Because you are our investment, our life, me and my wife. Our investment is in your lives. We don't want that investment being wasted. Why weren't you there? Why weren't you serving? Why weren't you serving? It's a blessed thing to serve the servants of God. It's an honor. Don't look at them. How they are dressed and how they come. and That's none of our business. It's an honor. So you young children to serve on a day, 50 pastors, 80 pastors, 100 pastors. It's an honor to serve them. Mm. Why weren't you there? Short what were you mm. doing? Why weren't you there? There's always something. And that's how a community works. So when you come in as a community, you know what? We serve one another. And the weaker a person is, you know what? We serve them more. 
course, they need more patience, more long-suffering. They are more patient, yet they need to be disciplined because they are not coming in as babies. They are babies in the spirit, but full-grown adults with all kind of junk habits from the world. So you will need discipline too. You will have to be tough with them. That is the severity of God and the kindness of God. We have to ask God for wisdom to balance it. Lord, help me to balance this, when to be severe and when to be kind. Because if you are severe only, they will break. If you are kind only, they will run with. Mm. So you have to learn from God, Lord, teach me, Lord, teach me how to balance this so that no soul is lost, yet every soul will ultimately take its rightful position in the kingdom of God and be a blessing forever. Not just in this life, forever. forever. And that's what it matters. So that question is very, very important. Hmm. Whether you are in a home, a family, or whether you are in an institutional home, a Christian institutional home, or in a church, it is this. Same principle. It's the same principle. principle. You have to keep on teaching them. And the doctrine is tested in the fellowship. Hmm. And if it does not work, go back and teach them again. Then going back. Remember, we looked at this in the morning, but for those who and did not second peter chapter 1 yeah second peter chapter 1 you know what peter says hmm? second peter chapter 1 hmm? even though hmm? verse 12 for this reason i will not be negligent to remind you always of these things I don't care how many bored you are. I will come back and teach the same thing over and over in different ways. The same thing. You now you can make rice in so many different things. At the end, it is rice. rice. <laughs> Why? You have to learn this lesson because these are foundational, fundamental lessons of life. And though you know, though you know, are establishing the present truth. Verse thirteen. What does he say? Yes, I think it is right. As long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you. Mm. I will stir you up. I will remind you. Keep doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. Not like what we say in English, this is your second nature. It is your first nature. Yes. It is your nature. Until you know it. Like we say in science, it has become a reflex action. The, the signal doesn't have to go all the way to the brain. It comes from the spine now. Mm. Spine now. It has become. The character of God has become. And you know what? I'll tell you as we close, right? I'll tell you as we close. If you look at Jesus, okay? A rich man comes. Jairus comes. Will you come? He says, I'll come. A Roman century comes. He says, let's go. A poor one comes. He says, you see, it's his nature. Same. It doesn't matter who it is. A rich man, a Gentile, a poor man. It's all the same. It's his nature. I have the resources. You have a need. I will meet it. No issues. I'll come. A centurion says, oh, no, 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 no. You shouldn't come to my house. I'm a Roman. You're a Jew. I'm a man of authority. I know authority. You don't have to come. And this is fascinating. But you know what? The response of Jesus almost every time, unless the address is wrong or he's trying to draw out something from them. Otherwise, he's consistent in his behavior. You know what? That is who he is. And that should become us. We have to become like Christ. Consistent unless people say, that's who he is. That's who he is. Like most people in my neighborhood and in the church know what time I wake up. Church knows one time because they will, unless I forget, they know what time. Mm. 
the devotion will come. Most people wake up after it. My entire neighborhood can set their house at 6 o'clock. This is 6 o'clock because I put the motor on. 6 on the dot, the motor will be on. Why 6? Because I don't want the neighbors to wake up. But at the 6, you need to wake up because I need water in my tank. <laughs> Sun is up. Light is out. It is 6 o'clock. The motor is on. The motor is on. No? How it is? Over a period of time, it's become your habit. Habit, you know. There is uh, Chitranjan locomotives in, in Calcutta. Remember I told you? Mm. He studied in Germany. And he came back as an engineer to India. And later they say about the people in Calcutta. They used to set their watches by him. Mm. Because they knew if the, their watch could be slow, Chitranjan would never be late. Never be late. That become his life. That's why when it comes to precision, we always talk about German engineers. Yes, yes. We don't talk about Japan or US. Never Mexican, but always German. <laughs> Mexican, why? Because the Mexicans say never do anything today that can be done tomorrow. <laughs> That's, it becomes, why is the saying? That's their character. What do you call it? The manana spirit. See, these are, see, so what is talking about? The Mexican comes with manana spirit. Everybody comes in with their own heritage, all kind of bondages they come in. But everybody has to change and become like Christ. Mm. There is no option. Mm. Doesn't matter. Every tribe, every nationality, everybody comes with all their baggage. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what baggage you come, God accepts everybody as they are and then he changes them. He doesn't allow you to stay as you are. He accepts everyone as, as they are. are. Yes. And then the doctrine begins. Become citizens of the kingdom. Hmm. This is what the kingdom looks like. And this happens through fellowship. Through fellowship you change. In fellowship you fail. Everybody fails. So what did I institute? I set my table. Mm-hmm. That's a table where you judge yourself and make amends, seek forgiveness. And what happens, you know what? Then you pray with unity. And what the Bible says, you look at the order. If you look at the order, it's fantastic order. Only God could write it. Only God. And in prayers. And what is 42? Power of God flows in, into the leadership. This, okay. Then, okay, first thing that comes upon there, the fear of God comes. The first thing. You follow God's order, the fear of God comes into the, into the church for what? To guard God's holiness. Amen, 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 yes. Fear, does not they, fear came upon every soul. What is that fear? It is the fear of God which Isaiah talks about, Isaiah 11, 3. He delighted in the fear of God. Why? In Exodus 20, 20, Moses had said, the fear of the Lord shall come upon you that you do not sin. You see, when you follow this order, what happens? The fear of God starts coming in. The sanctity of God, the holiness of God is guarded in that community. And what? The power of God. This is the order. This is the way it, you break the order, it may still work, but it will bring destruction. Mm -hmm. When the sanctity of God is guarded in a home or an institution or a church, and then the power of God works, everybody is safe. Amen. Everybody is safe. On the other hand, when the sanctity of God is being lost because the fear of God Mm. is being lost and then power works, you start taking power for granted. So you know what God, God judges Ananias and Sapphira. And the word of God says, the fear of God was restored. 
And again, wonders. Again, if you look at it, the order is five. fantastic. Five, five. I, um, Acts, Acts chapter five. five. Mm. You know, you look up at all. You know what? They are judged. They fall dead. And what happens? Yes, Pastor, it's there. It's there, Pastor. Verse 11. So great, so great fear came upon the church and upon all who heard these things and through the hands of apostles, many signs and wonders were done among us. You, know, you see, honestly, I'm not being nasty or anything. I have no issues if God does no wonder in my church as long as fear is not restored. Amen. In my life and everybody's life. Fear come, then let wonders come. Yes. We don't want fears and wonders. Those are gifts we are operating which may lead to damnation. Many came and said, Lord, we did, we did this in your name. We prophesied, we healed, we cast out demons. God said, I do not know you, workers of iniquity. You know what? They had no fear of God. That was the problem. Yes. What was the problem? They had no, no fear, fear of God. God. They walked in iniquity, yet they did wonders. This is the order. This is the scriptural order. Fear protects. Let signs and wonders. Fear is the barricade God builds around us and His holiness and His presence is gathered. And two guys, husband and a wife, couple comes there, try to bring that sanctity. Oh God Lord. says, judge them. Hmm. Oh, and they fall dead over there. Fear comes. Wonder is restored. This is God's order. Okay. So don't look all around and even images you see on TV or things happening in the church. That is, look into the word of God. Look into the word of what's God's order? How should a home function? How should, how should, uh, an institution, a Christian institution function? How should a church function? It is this way. Mm. This is the way. And let the fear of God be restored in our lives, in our homes, in our institutions, and in our church. Let there be doctrine. Let there be fellowship. fellowship. Let there be constant judging Judgment. of self. Judge oneself, not each other. And let there be unity will come in. Prayers will become more powerful. And you know what? Fear of God increases. And the power of God starts being manifested. And you know what? There is a verse, I think, in which chapter I do not know. They were afraid. God kept on adding to their number. And the same thing, same chapter. Yeah. Same chapter five, chapter 5. Yeah. And the others were afraid. Yeah, God kept on adding. The believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. And in verse 13, Pastor. Yeah, verse 13. 13. Yet none of the rest dared to join them. Mm. That's it. The riffraff will not come. Mm. They will not come. You don't they, compromise it for numbers. You don't, no. don't compromise mm-hmm. on God's holiness for numbers. That's what mm-hmm. happened to these. They compromise on God's holiness. We don't want numbers for numbers. Mm-hmm. We want numbers. Yes. Yes, let God add the number. Mm-hmm. But the believers are increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. But you know what? The rest, the riffraff, the rest, <laughs> the mixed multitude, the fence sitters. I like the reference that one states. Whenever people sit on the fence, suddenly the Holy Spirit will come and electrify the fence. You will fall on one or the other side. <laughs> In so or outside. <laughs> Inside or outside. Okay. <laughs> we shall stop there. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for the questions. We love the questions too, honestly, as we answer the questions. Enjoy. We are also learning. Okay. Amen. It's not that we had it all. Today, I learned so much from my words. I know it's not my words. Otherwise, I wouldn't have learned. I would have said I knew it because a lot of stuff, the last questions answer, a lot of stuff I was learning. God's spiritual order, he was, he was teaching through me, but was teaching me too. But some of the things, honestly, it hadn't fallen into my mind all this year. It started falling into place because somebody sent a question. Amen. So we are always learning. It's only one teacher 
please don't think Pastor James and Pastor Vijay are teachers. No, we are, we teach, but there is only one teacher, and it is the Holy Spirit, and we are all learning. And keep learning, keep changing, and those children out there, keep changing, okay? Yeah. Because we are kingdom people, yeah. and the kingdom of God is different from the world. It's righteousness, peace, and, and joy, joy, and love, and compassion, and all kind of goodness, and brotherly kindness, and perseverance. Keep adding, keep adding, keep adding. And the word of God says you will receive a rich welcome mm. into the kingdom of God. Shall we pray? Yes, Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given to us, Lord. We just want to thank you for speaking to our hearts, teaching us through your word and through your spirit. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that none of the words that you've spoken to our hearts, Lord, will fall to the ground. We will take them into our lives. Your word will never fall to the ground, but Lord, we will use that word and Lord, that it will rot a transformation inside of our lives. So Lord Jesus, Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, we will never take every opportunity that you've given to us for granted, O Lord, but Lord, we will... Truly, Father, Lord, value these these truths that you have taught, taught us, O oh Lord. And Lord, I pray that it will become a part of our lives, O oh Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this time once again. Thank you, Father, for every brother who's, and sister who sent these questions. I pray, Lord, you would touch each and every one of us. And Lord, you touch all those who are here, even in the days to come, O oh Lord Jesus. Your anointing is able to teach them. I pray, Father, that Lord, you would, Lord, Lord, make it relevant to every situation that your children are going through, O oh Lord Father. Thank you. And even as we depart from this place, and Lord, if you choose to give us yet another day in the land of the living, I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will all assemble together, O oh Lord, on time, Father, in your sanctuary. Father, to worship you, to praise you, and to hear from you, O Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. See you all. Lord, tarries to come. See you all online tomorrow morning.